into the Word, and if you would, turn with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 91, and we're going to read verses 1 and 2. And if you would, when you get there, you'll stand for the reading of the Word, and uh, we'll read and we'll pray, and we'll see what the Lord has in store for us tonight. Psalms 91, verses 1 and 2. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Let us pray tonight. Lord, Father God, we come before You. Thankful, Lord, for Your faithfulness. Lord, we ask that You just speak to our hearts and our minds, Lord. As I, I speak tonight, Lord, I ask you just pour your anointing out upon me. Hide me behind the cross, Lord, to deliver this word as you would have it delivered, Lord. To minister to our hearts and minds. To take it and receive it and retain it in our life, Lord, Father God. To live it. To be the true salt and the true light of the earth for you, Lord. We pray and we ask these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. All right. I'm going to have to take this, th this off already. It's... As Noah said earlier, I'm sporting the dad bod, so things are a little, little tight. But if I can, what I want to speak to you tonight on, and what I feel that the Lord has been laying upon my heart, is where is your dwelling place? And as we read in the psalm here, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of of the Almighty. And if you look at the word dwelleth, it roots from the word dwell, which means to remain, to live as a resident, to keep attention directed to. And the three things that I want to discuss tonight, or if you will, to, to preach on tonight, where is the dwelling place of our heart? Is it in the world or is it in Christ? Where is the dwelling place of our mind? Is it in the world or is it in Christ? And the third thing tonight, if we make it that far, where is the dwelling place of your soul? Heaven or hell? So the things starting with the heart, I have some other scriptures I'm going to reference here throughout this evening, but we know what the word tells us about the heart. Not a lot of good things, really, on the flesh side, right? If we read in the book of Mark, the Lord tells us, And he said, That which cometh out of the man that defileth the man, for from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulterers, fornications, murderers, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lavishness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all of these things, all these evil things come from within and defile the man. So that's not a whole lot of good news for, for what comes out of the heart, is it? Not, not a lot of good things in that scripture there, not really, well, not none to be exact. So as I said 
the thought that I've had is where is your dwelling place? Where is your heart going to dwell? Is it going to dwell in the world with the things that we mentioned in the, the scripture from Mark? Or is it going to dwell in the things of Christ? Is it going to long for the things of Christ? Every day we wake up, we have to make the decision, a conscious decision to serve Christ. To desire to remove the evil from our hearts. So, you know, coming in, as Pastor said, haven't seen some of you since, the, since last year. But starting this new year, this, you know, we all have our resolutions and we're going to do our 21 days of renewal. What are we going to renew for our dwelling place? What are we going to take out and allow in? What are we going to not allow in, into the heart that can defile us? You know, Pastor mentioned this morning, we'd had some uh, furniture rearranged, moving things in, moving things out. And very grateful, me and Sister Carrie have both been so blessed from the time we've gotten married until Judah. The church has blessed us, family has blessed us, friends have just blessed us beyond. And, uh, but we have this couch that, that was given to us when we first got the house. And when we first got it, man, that thing was comfortable, it was big, Newlyweds, we could snuggle on the couch and watch TV, and everything was great. That couch ain't so comfortable anymore. It just—it's—it's it's not real. It's just—it's wore down and it's sunk in. So you sit in it and you fall backwards and feel like you're falling through. So we're, we was looking at trying to to maybe get rid of it, and father-in-law and grand—they'd come and. They said, well, we're going to get a new chair, so why don't you all just take this one? So that's, that's been real nice. So we rearranged some things within our dwelling place, within our home, yeah. right? So we kind of got the couch over there on the side. Baby Judah, you know, he's light enough. He likes it. He'll lay there and kind of get in the crack between the cushions and just snuggle in. So it works out well for him, but for me and mom, it's not working so good, so... Now we've got our chairs rearranged, we've got our table there, and we're a lot more comfortable, feeling a lot better. But where can we do that spiritually this year? Where can we start that in the beginning of this year, rearranging the things in our life? What things of this world do we need to be cutting off and not allowing anymore to be in our dwelling place? What do we need to get rid of of the evil thoughts that try to creep in to defile us? Yeah. Right? So that's where I want to challenge us tonight. And that's what, like I said, these are the thoughts that have been on my heart and on my mind to speak to us tonight. So as the Lord deals with us about what to get rid of, in this new year, the other thought that I want to give you tonight is God doesn't make suggestions. God does not make suggestions anywhere in the Bible. From the beginning of time, it has been a command or a promise. There isn't suggestions from the Lord. 
when the Lord says to get rid of something, it's not, oh, well, let me think about it. No, it is a command. It is an order. Being in the military, understanding a little bit about some orders. You didn't just, you know, get an order and say, oh, I'll think about it first, Sergeant. No, if you did not respond, sometimes we called it getting elevated because your feet might leave the ground. All right? So the Lord is a little more gracious than first sergeant was or different staff sergeants that I had in the Marine Corps. But the same concept applies. When the Lord gives us something upon our heart that He says He wants, it's not a suggestion anymore. It is a command. And one of the other thoughts that I had with this is the three things that God doesn't do. He doesn't make suggestions. He makes commands. He makes promises. And he sets standards. So all these things tying into rearranging our dwelling place in our heart, in our mind, and in our soul, moving into 2024. One thing that me and my wife talk about often is, and something that we've talked about here lately, is the reverence. Where is our reverence before the Lord? Where has it gone? Where has our respect went for when God speaks to say, yes, sir. Here I am, Lord. Anymore, we've got such, within the, the charismatic church, we've got such a watered-down gospel. Oh, it's okay. Just, just come on in and try Jesus. Try Jesus. No, we don't try Jesus. Trying Jesus is not a thing. That's what they might say, but trying Jesus isn't a thing. You either serve God or you do not. One of my favorite scriptures is John 12 and 26 when it talks about the Lord telling us that those who serve Him will follow Him. Following Christ is taking on a lifestyle. If you look at the definition of follow, it is to take on as a life form, to take on as a lifestyle. So you either follow or you don't. And as I said a while ago, God sets standards. So some may argue, oh, well, God gives us choice. You're right. God gave us free will from the beginning of time. He said, thou shalt not eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was a command. It wasn't a suggestion. It was a command to not eat it or they would die. Well, Adam and Eve were deceived by the serpent. They ate it, but they still died. The curse we now live with of death is because of disobedience, because they did not follow a command. So another thing, when I was in the military, we have what we call non-judicial punishment. So you can disobey within the standard of the Marine Corps, and it may not necessarily involve a legal jurisdiction, but there's still punishment to be within, right? So anytime God is giving us commands and we are not following our commands, we're not 
doing the things that the Lord is placing upon our heart or impressing upon our heart or the things that He's saying, I want, or I want you to do. Somebody, okay, the officer's got us. Uh, but there's still consequences for those situations. Maybe it's not to a point of the Lord embarrassing us publicly, but there is consequences when we don't surrender, Chad, when we don't surrender the things that the Lord puts upon our heart, whether it's anger, whether it's bitterness, whether it's backbiting, blasphemies, adulterousness, fornications. We've got a whole list of it right there in the book of Mark, chapter 7. All of those things we have to war against in our flesh and our spirit. We know that the Word tells us that the flesh and the spirit, they war one against another. But we have to continue to fight. We have to continue to rearrange the furniture within our heart to block those things of the the spirit realm, to block the evil thoughts, to block the evil desires that the devil will put upon our heart because it doesn't matter what it is, if we'll buy it, he'll sell it to us. doesn't matter what lie it is, if we'll buy it, he'll sell it to us. And he can make it look real pretty too. He's real good at that. His number one uh, tool in his trade is deception. And that's where it falls back to God doesn't make suggestions. He makes commands. He sets standards. There's not an in-between. There's not gray like there is in my tie. It's black or it's white. It's that simple. We as humans, as flesh, we complicate it. We make it difficult. We make it complicated because of the evil things that our heart can produce. So where are you going to let your heart dwell in 2024? Are you going to dig into the Word? Are you going to dig into the altar in the prayer closet? Are you going to stand up and make a declaration in 2024? Or are you just going to let the devil run over you again? Time is running short, church. If you read your word, if you pay attention to what's going on, I don't even turn on the news in my house. I don't allow it. My stepdad comes in, he tries to turn the news on, I turn it off. I do not allow the news to be on in my house because it's, I just, I'm not going to put my trust there. I'm not going to put my heart in it, and I don't want, I don't want to hear it. Because it's nothing more than prophecy being fulfilled day after day after day. I hear enough of it from work. And the people that I work with and at work, a lot of times they might have it on, so I hear it, so I don't need it in my house because I've got enough of it that I've got to deal with as it is. So, again, where are we going to rearrange the furniture in our hearts? What are we going to do to mitigate the evil things that the enemy would love for us to buy on, to bite on? to take part in, whether it's sitting at the restaurant and cutting up and having a good time with a group of friends 
oh, well, you know, so-and-so from the church ain't here, so we can be a little more perverse. Or we can get a little more worldly because, well, so-and-so from the church ain't here. Oh, pastor's not here. He's not going to hear me say that. Or in our own home, the movies that we're watching, the music that we're listening to. Oh, well, pastor's not here. He don't know what I listen to. Oh, well, so-and-so from the church ain't here. They, they can't hear it. They can't see it. They don't, they don't know what's going on. It's okay. The devil will sell it to you if you buy it. So where can we do it? Because it's a personal decision. It's a personal choice that each and every one of us are going to have to make day after day after day. And where are we going to dwell? Are we going to dwell in Christ? Are we going to dwell in his presence? Are we going to press in even at home? This ain't the only building that God will visit. This ain't the only place that you can knock and he will enter in. There's many times at the house that me and Sister Carrie will, we can put on music and whether we're just bebopping through the house in the living room, just the other night she said, hey, let's anoint the house and pray. Baby's here and let's just, let's just start now. So, what can you rearrange within your heart to put up spiritual blocks to block the evilness? Because if you don't, you cannot dwell, or if you dwell in that, it's going to cause you to perish. That scripture in Psalms, it says that to dwell and to abide. So if we will dwell there, we can abide there. It says to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Not number two, not number three, not the so-and-so, but the Lord God Almighty. We can abide under the shadow of His wing if we will dwell there. We can abide there. They sang the songs of victory and the... I forgot what the other songs were, but even that, just the victory. If we will dwell in Christ, we can abide in the shadow and abide in that victory. The second half of that passage we read in verse 2 talks about the Lord being a refuge and a fortress. So, not only do we want to allow our hearts to dwell there so that we can be protected and preserved but our minds right we need to preserve our minds we need to let our minds dwell on the things of Christ and one of the scriptures that I had for letting our mind dwell is Philippians 2 5 through 8 let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself 
and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So, not only do we need to let our hearts dwell in the things and the desires that the Lord would have for our lives, but our minds to be the mind of Christ, even unto death. You know, I, my mom was here and got to see the baby, and we was having a discussion, and one of the discussions that we had was not only the reverence that seems to be lacking in today's generation, but the commitment that is lacking because the truth of it is, is if we are not willing to serve Christ to the point of martyrdom, are we really serving Christ? That is the cost that it can cost. There's missionaries around the world that truly face these things. And we've said it before, we've heard it preached a dozen times that we don't face persecution here. But that doesn't mean that it's not coming in 2024 with the things that are taking place in the world, the things that are being fulfilled day by day by day. So are we really willing to count that cost, to look at that cost, to shift our mind to the mind of Christ to that point, to rearrange the things of our heart and our mind to dwell and abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Are we willing to do that? So, with dwelling our heart and our mind in the things of Christ, that can lead us to dwell and abide in heaven. It's that simple. It's that plain. It's that black and white. That if we do not dwell and abide under the shadow of the Almighty, we will not withstand. If you look up the definition of shadow, one of the, the terms that it uses is to intercept. To intercept rays of the sun to protect you. So, no different. The Lord is intercepting the things of this world, the evil that is around us, to protect us, to be our refuge and our fortress. But you have to dwell to abide. We can't be halfway in, halfway out. Dwelling is remaining, keeping attention directed in one direction. We know that the word tells us that, uh, I lost my thought, um, but that a double-minded man is unstable, right? In all of his ways. So if we cannot get our attention directed in one place to dwell in Christ from the time we wake up to the time we go to sleep, to the time we dream, to the time we wake back up. We're in the days of the Lord pouring His Spirit out upon us, even the sons and the daughters, and to dream dreams and have visions. 
and I've heard Brother T say it before about ministry, but it's not just ministry, it's Christianity in general. It should be from the time we wake up to the time we go to bed and in our dreams. Dwelling upon Christ, dwelling on the things of the kingdom of heaven. We're sojourning in this land to make it to our heavenly home. This is a temporary place. Our life is but a vapor. So where are you going to dwell this year? Sister Carolyn, if you'd come, and I'll begin to close. Dwelling of your soul, heaven or hell. The word tells us, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall it profit? There is no profit that is worth not making the kingdom of heaven. We can't fathom it in our carnal mind. And the word tells us our carnal mind will lead us to death. To be carnally minded is death. We have got to dwell and seek after the things of God every second of every day. Every moment of every hour. We don't know how long we have until the rapture takes place. I've heard it preached all my life. Some would say, oh, well, they've been preaching that for years. Well, you're right, they have. Because even in the Bible, it says to preach that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what the apostles preached. That's what the disciples preached. That is what we still preach today because it is the written word of God and it is truth. When? We may not know. It may not be in my lifetime. It might be before we get out of this building. That is just part of it. That is one of those things as Christians we accept and we live and we choose to, to believe every single day. That's part of dwelling in Christ. Knowing and believing that every word that is written is truth. If you look at the definition of truth, one of the definitions of truth is to produce, reproduce the original. Christ came as an example for us how to walk, how to talk, how to teach. The whole entire Bible is a manuscript of life situations. And He gave us that example even unto death of how to live, how to think, how to fight the enemy and avoid the evil thoughts that would come and defile a man from his heart, from within. If you look at that scripture, and I believe it's in Luke, it says that out of the good treasure of our heart, we will do good things, and out of the evil, paraphrasing, the evil treasures of our heart, we will do evil. 
So in 2024, my challenge to you tonight is what can you rearrange in your heart and in your mind that your soul can dwell and abide in the shadow of the Almighty, regardless of the circumstances that you face. Because nowhere in there does it say, oh, because you had a hard time, you're allowed a pass. Doesn't say that. Doesn't matter about medical conditions. Doesn't matter about your bank account, your house. These are all things of the world, again, not things of Christ. To die is to gain. So tonight, if you will, I'm just going to open the altar and not necessarily make just a divine altar call, but just to open the altar and challenge us to come and seek after the Lord. And as we begin our 21 days of renewal, to truly seek within of what the Lord would have you to rearrange in 2024 that you can dwell only in the presence of the Lord, to dwell only in the heart and in the mind of Christ and to abide in the shadow of the Almighty, to let Him be your refuge and your fortress in this coming year. Despite the circumstances you face now, despite the circumstances that come this year, Because we know, we, we hear it preached often, pastor says it, if it's not us today, it's us tomorrow. But when the trials come, when the tribulations come to test your faith, where are you going to dwell? Where are we going to allow our heart to dwell, our mind to dwell? Are we going to stay focused on the Lord? Are we going to keep our attention Directed in one way towards the Lord? Or are we going to allow ourselves to get caught up in the world, to get distracted by the shiny things that the enemy will flash in front of us? Dollars, cars, houses, boyfriends. Dwell on the things of the Lord. Word of God tells us, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all these things shall be added unto us. And you say, Oh, Brother Aaron, that's easy for you to say. You've blowed into Beaumont, got a nice job flying airplanes, married the prettiest girl in Victory Temple, got a brand new baby, got a house. For years I ran from the Lord. And I was the most miserable man you could have ever met. So yes, from an outside perspective, looking at my life right now, you might think, dude's got it all together. He's got, got it all. But I truly believe that it is because of the way that I have sought the Lord in these past few years of my life. I distinctly remember 
being in that trailer while I had it, I'd off of 365 and coming to a place where I literally just hit my knees, walking and trying to pray and seek after God and literally just not being able to stand and fall to my knees and say, God, take my life and make it your own. And I didn't dwell on anything other than trying to do the absolute best that I could to follow Christ every single day, every single step. And because of that, I truly believe the blessings have just poured out upon me. So... Don't judge it just from the outside because I promise you if you judged me before three years ago, you wouldn't recognize me. You wouldn't recognize the heart that some of you may say that I have or the kindness that I am or that I portray. But I truly believe from the depths of my heart that all these things have been added unto me because the way that I have sought the Lord. It's not been easy every single day. I promise you, I fight the enemy every single day just like you do. All afternoon, oh, that's not the message the Lord wants you to preach. It, uh, you've been, you ain't even been to church in two weeks because you've been having a baby. And If I'd buy it, he'd sell it to me. It doesn't matter what lie it is. If we'll buy it, He'll sell it. So don't dwell on the lies when we know the truth. When we have a book of truth, a book of promises. Pastor preached it this morning. Our amens, our oh my's, but it's mine. So where are you going to let it dwell? Are you going to let your heart and mind dwell in Christ? Or in the world? Are you going to let your soul dwell in heaven or in hell? God doesn't give suggestions. If He's speaking to you tonight, it's not a, hey, you know, when you get around to it, I want that. No. It is a command. To serve Him, you must obey Him. To follow Him, you must take it on as a life form. And we have to live it and walk it every single day. To be the light and the salt of the earth. To be the witness. To be the example to those that don't know. But we can't do it if we don't dwell in it. We can't do it if we want to be on the fence. If we want to be half in and half out, don't work. So tonight, I challenge you to come and find a place to pray and just simply seek and ask the Lord what you can get rid of to dwell in His presence. This altar is open. If you feel the Lord tugging on your heart, just come and seek after Him tonight. 
Come and dwell in the presence of the Almighty. Oh, Jesus.